Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. We're coming to you on this Monday evening here with an Instagram Q&A series answering your questions. This is your guys' show, giving you the information that you wanted. So some of these quick one-off answers, some of these will be in deeper podcasts in general. You guys have used to the format before. I'm just going to kind of go down the list, um, give you the best information I can with the time I have this evening. But again, if you guys do want to hear anything else specific or I missed it or you want me to touch on it in more detail, I'm happy to do so in a future episode. So I'm actually at home right now in our home office. If you're watching on YouTube, you can tell and see that. Uh, I'm on a lav mic, so if it sounds a little bit different, that is why. And then if my dog goes berserk here, like always, just saving me from the UPS uh, or Amazon Prime delivery people. So the questions uh, right off the bat. This one actually was from a client of ours that I'm working with online. I believe he's in Michigan. And I got this from probably five or six people actually this morning and last night. And it was about uh, Ramadan. And I think it, it starts, I believe, May the 5th. And I think it runs till June the 4th. I know it's like a 30-day span uh, somewhere in there. So if you guys aren't familiar, uh, Ramadan is, is, you know, from all, everything I've gathered from people I've talked to over the last probably handful of years. And then obviously anything I can find on the internet. It's, it's like the most important month of the year in the Muslim calendar. It uh, begins uh, May the 5th. Again, like I believe it runs to June the 4th. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong with that. And basically for those 30 days, um, if you're practicing, um, Muslims around the world will abstain from eating and drinking food during daylight hours. So anytime that there's you know, daylight, um, they're not eating or drinking, which I remember, I believe this was back in the day when I'm a kid, if you guys follow the Houston Rockets, Akeem Olajuwon would do this and then play in, in the NBA playoff games, which is unbelievable. You know, the fact that he can play in NBA playoff games, he's not eating or drinking. Now, the food thing, maybe I could understand it a little bit, but uh, not drinking fluid playing in an NBA basketball game is mind-blowing to me. So for you guys out there who are practicing and you're wondering, you know, what to do, uh, I would do it this way. And again, you guys do what works best for you. Um, you could go early in the morning, uh, obviously, and then kind of, you know, eat and drink the stuff around there. What I would probably do myself is I'd wake up early, um, you know, I'd eat and drink, whatever, if you guys are allowed to do that, go through the day, obviously, and then immediately once it gets dark, I would, you guys, if you could go, if you feel good and you have energy, um, you know, eat, eat or drink something or probably just drink fluid, because that's probably the biggest thing. The dehydration thing I think would kill me. I can go without food for a long time. Uh, but the liquids, man, that is a that's a rough one. So if you're gonna if you're going if you're on Ramadan, you're practicing and you're not eating or drinking anything during daylight hours. I would train later in the day, um, drink my fluid, go to the gym, crush it, and then obviously backload all the food. Or if you need a little bit of something, you know, pre workout, you put the food in, you drink the water, and then you go train. Then you backload a majority of the calories. Then uh, again, I don't know all the specific rules which you guys can follow, but if you're asking about training. I'm assuming training is completely okay, or you're at least going to do it. So that's the way I would go about it, and I would kind of wash, rinse, repeat, take the same rest days as normal. Um, but really, I think backloading it later in the day would be ideal, depending on your work and travel schedule. If you had to do it early, um, what I would say is wake up, you know, before, so you could have, you know, something a little bit, or just go and nothing, you know, before the workout, and then finish your workout before it gets light out, which a lot of our athletes do anyway when they come at, you know, 5 a.m. And then, you know, backload, you know, what you can after the workout, then go the rest of the day. And then obviously eat in the evening. But I think later in the day would be ideal for me if I had to do it. Um, and that's just giving my two cents. So hopefully that helps you guys out there who are practicing Ramadan for the next, uh, you know, 29, I believe, days you have left. So next question on the IG request. What is the number of exercises per body part you should do and why? Honestly, uh, it really just depends on, on your guys' you know, training program, what you want to do. If it's strength-based, hypertrophy-based, if you're trying to be, you know, 
uh, better at CrossFit, if you're trying to have better mobility. It really just depends. I don't think there's a, a holy grail of workouts you can follow that's going to elicit some, you know, extreme results. I think all of us are a little bit different. I do think there is some magic around the 10 rep range for some of you guys in terms of, you know, moderate strength and hypertrophy. If you're talking real, real strength stuff, uh, you know, the one, three, five method stuff is fine. I think for most of you, the average people out there listening, I don't think you have to go anything heavier than under five repetitions. You can. I just know a lot of bad stuff happens when you, you pick up really, really heavy stuff and, you know, joints and ligaments and things tend to, you know, pull and pop and, and go places we don't want them. So I don't have a legit answer. What I would tell you guys is when you go into a training session, be deliberate, be concise, know what you kind of want to get done. And for the average person who's not going to train seven, eight hours a week, just get in there for 30 minutes a couple times a week and just really just fucking punch it, man, and do as much as you can. And the other days, the non-fitness activity stuff, walking your dog, hiking, biking, swimming, bowling, playing golf, doing fun stuff, I think is your best bet. Next one, carb cycling, and is it effective for weight loss? Yes, it can be. Um, I don't think it has any magic power over a bunch of other things. I do think there is something to be said about refeeds, and obviously carb cycling can kind of be a part of that family, but we have a full podcast on carb cycling if you guys want to listen to it. Next one, mandatory weekly workout focuses. Uh, Honestly, just depends on your guys' program and what you're trying to get done in terms of programming. I would tell you guys this, if you're going to train the minimum stuff you should do every week, you should do mobility every single day or do mobility as many days you're going to be in the gym. I would tell you guys to do some soft tissue work, foam roll at least a couple times a week. I think the mobility is more important. I think the soft tissue work is you know secondary to that. Um, people can argue with me there, but I, I just believe if you're practicing mobility more often than not, you're going to be getting into better postures and your overall workouts going to be better. And then for you guys, we construct all our workouts like this. There's a push, there's a pull, there's a hip dominant, a quad dominant, a trunk, and a total body. And what that really means is, you know, there's like, like a push-up, there's like a row, you know, I, I would like you guys to have like a vertical press, overhead press, a squat, some kind of hip hinge deadlift variation, but really just basic stuff, the compound movements, do the things that give you guys the most bang for your buck. I wouldn't waste a lot of time doing forearm exercises and calf exercises if you're not training, you know, eight hours a week. So that's just my two cents. Next one, what kind of meals do I eat? Uh, really basic stuff. Again, I have a full podcast on how I eat daily. If you guys don't know, if you haven't listened to it, scroll back. I go in great detail. Um, I typically eat two meals a day. Uh, I think this week there was two days where I ate one meal each day just because I was busy. And uh, no, they're huge. It's a huge meal. Don't get me wrong. And the other meals, are, they're two bigger meals. Uh, again, a ton of protein, so a ton of meat. A lot of times I can eat a pound of meat uh, in one sitting. I don't do that every single sitting, but it can be done. Typically, my first meal is probably the lighter of the two. My heaviest meal is typically later in the evening. It just works better for me. So a ton of protein, healthy fats green vegetables, uh, you know, the bulk of my carbohydrates are probably coming from oatmeal, um, the denser stuff, I might throw a banana in here or there, um, things that aren't, you know, perfect on what I eat, um, I like the Power Crunch bars, they're really, they're addicting, the salted caramel and the vanilla are like crack cocaine, uh, the chocolate mint, literally, if you put it in the freezer, it's like, you know, Girl Scout cookies, so those are great little savers, um, I like chia bars, a lot of things, I like synergies, but again, I try to keep it as perfect as I can, then you typically one or two meals per week. Um, I eat some bullshit that's probably not, uh, you know, it, it's it's still real food in all reality. Um, so if I go to like In-N-Out Burger or something, it's, you know, it's burgers, you know, it's, it's meat, it's cheese, it's onions, it's pickles, it's french fries, which are potatoes. So it's not really insane stuff. I like sweets just like you guys do. I just know it's a real slippery slope for me, so I tend not to uh, indulge in them too much. So next one. 
hip, leg, glute, ankle exercises everyday runners should be doing. In all reality, I think everybody should be doing some sort of squatting and hip hinging pattern, so squatting and deadlifting. Um, doesn't mean back squatting, doesn't mean traditional deadlifting. I think a lot of you guys, if you're a runner or if you're any kind of athlete whatsoever, I think Bulgarian split squatting is amazing. I think ever, you guys should be doing it multiple times per week or just split squatting from the floor or lunging for that matter. Whether it be you know forward lunging, backward lunging, lateral lunging, I think is ideal and I think it's great. And some form of kind of hip hinging, pushing a sled, and then obviously doing your you know mobility drills, elevated pigeon stretch, Spider-Man stretch, world's greatest stretch, inchworms, all awesome, all stuff we make our people do, whether they want to do it or not. Um, it's important and it matters. I just think the more leg strength you guys can have and the more uh, the better mobility, uh, the overall better athlete you're going to be. Next one, how to increase concentration and discipline. This, you guys, it's just, you have to care about your goal and it has to matter to you and you have to have some sense of urgency to accomplish it and you have to really give a shit about it. I don't know how else to say it. Um, increase concentration. What I found is this, and I, I'm not... I'm not a doctor. I don't know everything about you know ADD and ADHD and, and people's concentration and focus. And I'm not saying it isn't real because I know a lot of people suffer with you know a magnitude of things. But in school, like I didn't pay attention for shit. Like I couldn't, you couldn't get me to do. You know, if I'm sitting in geometry, I wouldn't listen for more than probably three or four minutes. Uh, I really wouldn't. I, I just didn't see the importance of it. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was wasting my time. And people can argue with me to this day, but you know, really. Come tax season, knowing how to do fucking parallelograms really didn't help me out. Uh, that's, just, that's just my two cents, and that's my honest opinion about it. Um, when I find things I like, when I enjoy them, um, when they're going to bring me some value, when I can see a, a payoff either you know initially or down the road, I'm way more concentrated, way more disciplined, way more focused. Now, for fitness stuff, it's rather easy because I enjoy a lot of it. Some of it I don't. But knowing if I do mobility and it's painful and it sucks and I'm not great at it, but if I do it for six months in a row, a year in a row, two years in a row, I'm so much more mobile. I feel so much better. Uh, my joints don't have the pain they used to. I am you know, the oldest I've ever been and I'm the most mobile and I'm the most flexible and most durable I've ever been. So something to be said about that. So when you guys are lacking you know, concentration and discipline, whether it comes to your eating, your training, your education, your work, your job, you just don't care about it enough. You just don't, if you're really engaged, think about like when you watch TV, like watch a TV show or a movie, if you're, when you find a really good movie, and there are very few that I find now because uh, they're not that enticing to me, or TV shows even more so, I'm probably better off to find a movie than a TV show because there's not that many that can grab my attention and and really pull me in, but when you do, you're so focused, you're like lost in it, you forget about your life, you forget about the world, and you're just immersed, like when Breaking Bad came out, I'm like... I don't want to watch the show. I watch the first episode and I'm like, now I'm up till fucking 4 a.m., you know, binge watching four episodes in a row because I'm so into it. I almost have like anxiety watching the show. Like I feel like I'm on the edge of my seat for the characters. I mean, that's how real, you know, it pulls you in. So the point of me sharing that is when you care about something, when you're either entertained by it, you're educated by it, you see the payoff by it, you're more likely to concentrate and have the discipline to see it through. If you don't see the importance in something, you guys don't spend your time on it. It's just as simple as that. And the example I give is I, I get people who come in, they're like, oh, my shoulder hurts. I'm like, well, have you been doing your mobility, you know, rolling? Going, no, I haven't been doing it. But you've mowed your grass seven times since you told me that. You've washed your dishes 19 times since you told me that. And that's, I'm not telling you guys what to put importance on, but if my shoulder hurts to the point of where I can't do stuff, I'm not, I don't give a shit about the grass in my backyard. I don't care about the fucking dishes in my sink. Now, I know they have to be done and those things have to be taken care of, but 
how my body feels and what's going on is more important to that to me. It's the same thing with you guys in nutrition and eating. People lack the concentration. They lack the discipline. And I know it's really hard. I have empathy for you. I get it. But if it was really important to you, if you really cared about your health, if you really cared about how you looked, if you really cared about how you felt to the level that I do, you would do almost anything to make better eating choices. And I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm not talking about giving up all wine and all beer and all pizza and all cupcakes, but better choices than you're currently making. So my advice is if you're lacking concentration and discipline, really have a why. Really have an understanding of why you're doing it, why you want to do it, what it's going to get you now, what it's going to get you five, ten years from now. It's, it's one of the biggest reasons why people don't save for retirement. They lack the discipline of putting out gratification for today for something that's going to pay them off tomorrow. To be able to retire with dignity and have money when you're 61 and not be stressed and you know upset and whatever, and you had to be fancy early on. So to me, you have to do something, not just for you today, but for you a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, and understand even though you can't see the payoff today, you have to put in the work because the promise of it will eventually pay off, even if you can't see it in this moment. Next one on my list, we are going to benefits of kettlebells. Honestly, this is Mike Martin. Uh, honestly, uh, same thing as dumbbells, same thing as barbells. It's just, it's, it's load. Um, it, it all works the same. The dead weight like that, it's all in a vertical vector. No matter what you do with it, it's top to bottom. Um, I love kettlebells for a, a multitude of things, you know. Uh, you can go kettlebell swings, you guys can go goblet squats, bottom load squats, you can go snatches, you can go swings, you can go deadlifts, you can go lunging variation. You can do them, almost anything you can do with them, you, you can do essentially with the dumbbell patterns, just a little bit different. So kettlebells are amazing. They're a great tool uh, for the toolbox. Next one, balancing marriage, training, work, being at peace with that balance. Um, I'll bring my wife on for this one. I'll actually write it down right now so I don't forget. Um, Heather and the Marriage Podcast. Got it. Okay. Um, I'll have her pop on here and we can talk about how we do it. Um, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if balance is a real thing. Her and I uh, try to do a good, a good portion of it. Um, I don't want to say I'm better than her when I'm here, but when I'm at work, I'm at work. Um, and I'm not saying I don't ever do work at home, but when I'm here, my phone is not typically next to me unless my dog is going crazy and I snap it for Instagram because I know you guys enjoy animals just as much as I do. But for the most part, when I'm not working, uh, my phone is in the bathroom or my phone is in the kitchen and we're together. So I'm present. I'm, I am where I'm at. If I'm somewhere, I'm actually there. I'm not somewhere and I'm on my phone. I'm not somewhere and I'm on my computer. I'm not somewhere and I'm focused on, you know, a TV show or scrolling on Instagram or doing something else. If I'm with somebody, I try to really be with them. And it's tough, obviously, if you guys are married and, and you know, I, we don't have, you know, kids, um, but we both have real careers. I actually just dropped her off at the airport now. She's uh, in San Diego for the next, uh, you know, two days. And uh, that's part of her job and what she does. And she's responsible for, you know, multiple millions of dollars and her job is real. And uh, it gets stressful for sure. So we try to just carve out time, schedule things and plan things when we can and do fun things together. We have a lot of similar interests, but we're also our individual people, which helps us too. So I'll bring her on and we can uh, talk about how we do things in more detail. I think you guys will get more out of it uh, from hearing her than me just uh, ramble on. Next one, working around injuries. Uh, I'll do this in a, a full separate podcast, depending on what injury it is. Um, just being smart about it, you guys, not doing things to aggravate things that are bothering you. Now, whether you're hurt or injured is two different things. You know, like if, if you really can't do something, obviously talking to a doctor or physician is ideal. Um, but knowing what it is, if it's, you know, I'll, I'll dig in tennis elbow and I'll, I'll do a whole uh, injuries podcast too. I'm actually writing that down uh, right now. 
so you guys will get that as well. So I will go into a detail on a how to train on injuries podcast. Next one, how to improve skills to judge people, character for everybody's good. How to improve skills to judge people and character for everybody's good. Honestly, um, I think we all, you know, if you're, if you're talking from a business standpoint, here's my two cents. Uh, we all want to think we're great, you know, judges of character and people and, and hiring people and surrounding us with winners and this and this. And But honestly, it's tough because uh, when you're dating, uh, when you're, you know, doing interviews, when you're, if you're, you know, recruiting for a sport or something, everybody is, is putting on their, their best show up front. Everybody's marketing their best stuff. So when you meet someone on a date, that's probably the best they're going to be. It, it could be wrong. Um, I think if you ask my wife, I've gotten way better over the years than the first time she met me. Cause let me be real. I met my wife at a bar. Um, I had about probably a thousand bucks to my name total. Uh, I was in debt for my LASIK surgery. So I had actually owed money. So I had a negative net worth. Um, I remember I bought, she's the first person I ever bought a drink cause in college you don't really do that. You just hook up and that's <laughs> the world I lived in. Uh, so I bought her a drink. I bought two Bud Lights. It was 10 bucks. And I was like, holy shit. Um, used to like, you know, penny pitchers and like dollar mystery pulls at the back bar, uh, in college and stuff. But so I bought two beers and it was like 10 bucks. I'm like, shit. And uh, I didn't really have any social skills. I didn't have a job. I had no, I was not this person who's talking to you guys today. I was in shape. So I was ripped. So I guess she had that going for her. But, uh, my point being is that, uh, most of us are our best version of ourselves. And even, even with that said, like I might not be the person I was today, um, I would, you're way nicer when you're dating somebody. You're way nicer when you're marketing yourself. You're not, you know, you're never going to freak out about little stuff. You're not going to show your true emotions and your true colors right up front. You're not going to fart around each other typically. Um, that probably takes a while to, for one of you guys to break the barrier with that. There's certain things. And so when you're hiring somebody at a job, like everybody in a job interview is giving you their best versions. And I've hired people before too, who we've had to get rid of, who suck. And uh, it's my fault, you know, and if I don't get rid of them right away, it's my fault for keeping them around too long. So um, hire fast and fire fast, I guess, is, is the best thing. And again, just, you know, asking the right questions. And, and sometimes it's hard to tell. Like, we just don't know people. We really don't. And I say this all the time. I don't think your parents even know you. And sometimes your best friends don't even really know you. And your husband and wife don't really know you because it's hard to to fully let everybody in and everything. Because even if they're around you all the time, they don't know what you feel unless you really verbalize it. I think my wife and I do a great job of communicating uh, with each other, me more so than her. I don't really hold anything back. I don't pull punches. And sometimes it probably, um, it, it's hard to hear or to handle. But if I think you're not doing what you're capable of, I think you're better than that. I will let you know for sure, because I think it's in your own best interest. And I'm not afraid to hurt feelings because ultimately it is for the good of them. I think some of us hold things in. We're emotional. We, we don't really say what we mean. So what I would tell you guys is when you're trying to be a good judge of character, ask questions, get to know people and just give it time because it's, it's really tough to know someone in you know, 10 days, 20 days, 30 days, even 40 days. I just think it comes with practice and having a sense of if people are genuine and authentic. I think most of us can sense that uh, in our reality. Next one. Would you ever try a vegan plant-based diet? I mean, for a podcast, I guess I would. Like in all reality of life, no, it sounds terrible and miserable to me. Um, I'd rather swallow wet gravel. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, in all reality, uh, just eating just eating a plant-based diet doesn't seem fun to me. I'm not saying you guys can't crush it. I just love eating meat. I really do. And I don't, I don't see a negative downfall with it. People send me messages on IG all the time and things like, oh, you shouldn't eat meat and this and this. But um, I can send you beta that goes the other way as well. So I would do it for a podcast for sure. Maybe try for seven or 10 days and see if I can make it through and, and how I felt. So yeah, I'm, I'm not against it uh, by any means, but definitely would not be my lifestyle uh, for the long term. 
Next one, how do you balance all that you do with your relationship and your wife? You're busy too. Boom, I will answer that, Landon underscore Watkins, 100% my man. Um, just give me, give me like probably 10 days or so, I'll get my wife on here and we will get that for you. Next one, what makes a good personal trainer? Well, this is a great question. I'm actually going to do a, a podcast off of like what Nick Tuminello did and he did one where it was like, uh, what makes a bad personal trainer? And I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that in detail. What makes a good one really fast? You know, technical skills, obviously, there's education, certification, there's um, experience. The number one thing I would say is they give a shit. They just give a shit about you and your goals, and they give a shit about the craft of, of health and fitness and your well-being. I think if they do that, the, the technical skills will come. Um, it's not, for most of you guys, the general fitness population, you shouldn't be doing things that are so extreme and so crazy that are that hard that your coach can't learn the technical skills. Now, if they're a lazy ass and they don't really care about fitness and they have 19 other interests and they haven't poured themselves into it, there's people out there who are gonna be better. And I'm not saying it's me, but I don't have a lot of hobbies. This is basically what I do, um, 24-7, 365. It's just kind of who I am. And so I like movement, I like to understand it. I like to get people the best results possible by putting the least amount of stress on the joints in the system, letting their muscles do the work, making them healthier and happier for the longevity of it. We can make anybody you know, get in shape by doing a bunch of crazy stuff in, in six months, but it's not sustainable. So then it's not attainable for the long haul. And that's my goal. So I think a good what makes a good trainer is having a multitude of technical skills um, and, and being well-versed in the things that are gonna help you guys, not what they can do and not what they look like. But again, I think leading from the front is important. But the biggest thing I think is that they give a shit about you. They truly care about you and your goals and they know how to help you. And even if it's not you individually right up front because they just met you, they've helped 97 people just like you. They've helped 186 people who look just like you and they have the same goals you do. And they really want to see it through with you. They, I'm not saying they care about it more than you do because you should care more about it than they do. But in all reality, um, they really give a shit about you as the person. And not just you and, and your dress size and pants size, but you, your husband and wife, your kids, where you work. They want to know about you. Or when you ask them a question, they can answer or they'll find the answer for you. And we have hundreds of people. Now, you guys, it's hard for me to know everybody on the, on the deepest level. And some people don't care about that. And that's fine. But just know that we give a shit about all of you guys. We really do. And, and if there's ever a problem you have that's outside of just, you know, body fat and dress size and pants size, please come to us. Uh, I'm happy to, to, to share whatever small wisdom my brain holds. I'm happy to give you my two cents because I've... Uh, I've been fortunate enough to live this life and, and fuck up a lot of things early on and do a lot of things wrong. So now I can, I'm in a position where I can kind of help people not do the things things I did. And number two, um, I just gotten to talk to a lot of people um, who have been through a lot of things. And so it's um, probably nice to hear another voice sometimes. So next one, what brand of hat do you wear? It's sweet. Uh, this one is actually a Columbia, but most part I wear a lot of hats from soda clothing. Um, I'm from Minnesota originally. And so the soda clothing people have been awesome enough to send me a bunch of super, super dope hats and they make really nice high quality stuff. So thank you guys. Next one, how to lose the last few pounds of fat on your stomach. Um, you're doing everything. It is so hard. It for surely is hard. Fat loss is easy. Once you guys realize how hard it is. Fat loss is easy. Once you realize how hard it is. So if you are trying to lose the last few pounds or your stomach is the last thing to go, Congratulations, you guys are almost there. Um, typically, most people, and we're all different genetically. Some people just have lean stomachs and the rest of our body looks you know, a little bit sloppier. But for most of us, we lose fat from the outside in. So meaning from the extremities first, typically you know, back to front, top to bottom. So most people, their arms get a little bit leaner, their legs get a little bit leaner, 
and then typically their upper back, then the upper chest, then like the lower back, then like typically the glutes, then the abs, and that's kind of how it goes. Honestly, the abs and then the glutes are, I don't want to say simultaneous, but your abs are going to be more re-ripped before your glutes are ripped. Um, because I've been there before, um, I've had shredded glutes, it is a miserable place to live when your body fat is you know, well under 5% and you want to blow your brains out. That's reality. So um, that's how most of you, so if you just have the stomach fat to lose, you're on your way. Uh, just give it time, be consistent, track your macros, get quality sleep, don't stress about stuff, be on a training program that works, and just watch, rinse, and repeat that. And it's really tough to do. And I've talked about this before on different podcasts. Sometimes, you guys, the juice is not worth the squeeze in terms of having abs or having like a super ripped flat stomach. And, and I'm not saying it isn't. Like, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. But it's hard work. It's not easy to do. And that's why very, very few people uh, have abs and very few people have stomach definition. And it's really, it's a hard thing to maintain because you have to control you know, what you eat and what you drink, and you have to be very mindful of it for a long time. And people will say, oh, it's easy. Like the people when they're 22, 23, 24, well, sure, dude, you're not living real life yet. Like life hasn't kicked you in the teeth probably enough yet. It's just like when you get older and you have a job that's a little bit more higher stress, or maybe you're doing more adult things, or maybe you have kids, or maybe you're traveling more for work, like all those factors play into it. And so I truly have empathy for you guys. The reason it's easier for me is one, I have an external motivator of like the world around me, so I still get paid to take my shirt off and what I look like. So there's that, um, and we're filming basically Instagram videos every single day now. So it's like they just do better if you're in shape. It's just, I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but that's the fucking world we live in. A lot of you guys are listening to this up first solely based on what I looked like, and because I looked a certain way, you're like, well, shit, he has a podcast too. Maybe he's not a complete dumbass, and so I'll listen to it. So I use it as a tool to get people into the queue. We call it sizzle and steak, right? If I'm all sizzle, so if I just have Instagram videos with my shirt off, and then when you talk to me, I'm a complete dipshit, it's not really worth much. I use it as a marketing tool to get you guys into the queue so you can listen to me. So when you do our programs, I can actually help you. I just happen to look a certain way. And for a lot of you guys, it's probably not worth it giving up all the social things. But again, it fits my personality. I don't like to drink alcohol. I'm not saying I don't like to do it. I would just be, you know, a raging alcoholic by nature. I have addictive personality. It's not for me. It's it's only going to put me in bad situations, make me make dumb choices, so I don't do it. So me not drinking booze fits this lifestyle better because a it saves me, you know, from from being a person I don't want to be, and two it it makes me look and move and feel a certain way. And on top of that, like I don't need to indulge. I'm not a huge. I mean, I love food just like you guys, but I'm not a huge like foodie type person. Like I've been talking about, I'm going to go to this place called Bake Bear for like. I don't know, probably three years now, and I still never went. It's on my list, but I haven't. So point being is, if you're almost there, you guys, if, if you only have stomach fat left to go, it, you're getting close. But just know, the, the better the better shape you get in, the tougher it gets down the line, for sure. You just have to be really diligent about it. You have to really care about it, and ask yourself why you're doing it. And if you're really doing it for you, to make you happy and have more self-confidence, and you know it's going to make your life better, then please do it. But if you're doing it to impress somebody else, or doing it for vacation pictures or Instagram. I'm not saying don't do it, but it's you're going to give up a lot. And sometimes I don't think it's really worth what you guys are, are going to give up for it. Next one, how to get rid of shoulder impingements, bicep tendinitis, etc. I will do a podcast on injuries. I will touch on that, you guys. Give me some time. It's going to take some research and I'll do the best I can. Next one, analyze other workouts that people find on Instagram. I don't really know how to answer this one. Um, I really don't watch, if this is the question, I don't really watch a lot of other people's stuff on Instagram. In fact, I watch almost nobody's stuff. The only real people things I ever see in terms of workouts on Instagram are probably BJ's because um, a lot of people tag me in his stuff because him and I have been homies for a long time. Um, I will see Alexia's stuff because she posts a ton of shit all the time and uh, 
her and I will you know, message back and forth. And then if Hannah comments on my stuff, I'll see her stuff too. Those are probably the three people uh, I see the most. Outside of that, I don't really watch a ton of other people's things. Craig Caprizo posts some things once in a while. I like his stuff um, that he'll see. But again, I don't watch a ton. I don't criticize other people because I don't know the goal. Again, most people on Instagram are sharing information. Um, I'm not going to criticize somebody's programming or what somebody's doing. Whether I agree with it or not is irrelevant. Um, they're sharing it because it provides value you know, to their people, to their clients, to their followers, and their fans, and I'm all for it. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there that I wouldn't coach, and, and I wouldn't do it, I wouldn't teach because I believe what I believe. But without having full context, I don't judge anybody in life in general. I can't. Like, If you're happy and you think you're doing right in the world and helping people and doing good, who am I to judge anyone for anything? Or the car you drive, the house you live in, the clothes you wear, the shape you're in. Um, if you're happy being 400 pounds, who am I to judge? If you're happy being $100,000 in, in credit card debt, who am I to judge? Um, I have my own opinions, but again, nobody wants to be criticized and nobody wants your opinion unless they ask for it. And even then, they probably really don't even want it. So, Next one, parents of little ones, eating, sleeping, living healthy, it's really fucking hard. Tips, That's they had the F word in there, I just included it. Um, I'm not a parent, you guys, so it, it's tough. What I see the parents who are most successful are the ones that really are a team. And they're both on board with healthy eating. They both really care about healthy eating and being healthy. And they, they basically, they show that lifestyle to their kids. They don't just say it, they live it. And I think leading from the front is leading by example. And so the parents we see, they both are typically part of our program, or one of them is, and one of them is maybe doing something else. Um, and they either come at the same time or they trade off hours. And they lead by example for their children. And that's the one I see who do it the best. And, and I know it's tough for them because... They're sleep deprived and they have jobs and careers and whatever, and it's uh, it's not an easy task. And so, I can bring on some of my most successful you know, parents that I see, which uh, I'm gonna jot that down as well because I think that's gonna be helpful for you guys. I'll bring on some some parents and some couples that we have that I think are doing it really well, and I'll get their two cents to help them share it with you guys because we do have a lot of rock star parents, and I see what they do, and it's super impressive because I can only imagine uh, how hard it would be if I wasn't a fitness professional and I had you know, multiple kids and you have to carve out time to come in and get workouts. But we have a lot of really gangster parents. And so I will get to that for you guys on the podcast. Next one, eating clean on a budget, Alex Owens, hundred percent. It can be done. Um, I can do a full podcast on eating clean, um, in terms of how to eat clean on a budget in terms of money. But what I would say to you is this, um, go to like whatever store you go to, if it's like a, a Safeway or fries or something, um, you don't have to buy organic everything. We have a list. Uh, if you guys want it, just message me. Uh, the Dirty Dozen Clean 15, or otherwise you can just Google it. Um, what foods we would suggest buying organic and ones you can probably get away with not doing it. Um, your stuff might be not be super sexy, but you can do some damage if you're really diligent about the food that you buy on a budget, like in terms of like frozen vegetables. Even some of the fresh stuff is not ridiculously expensive. And then obviously things like you know ground you know turkey and chicken and certain meat cuts are fine. Um, it's just really cutting out a lot of the fancy extra stuff, but it can be done. I, I mean, don't do what I do. Uh, I was dead broke though, you guys. I literally was, you know, you know, probably. I don't. I want to say like being homeless. I could always probably move back home with my old man. And he would have took me in, um, but I had like probably you know a couple hundred bucks to my name, and I'm. I would walk so I'd save gas. I'd walk to the the fries, which was probably across the what is that across Scottsdale Road there. So what would that take? Across Bell. So it would take me probably 20 minutes to walk to the grocery store, 20 minutes back. So a 40-minute trip, and I would take 20 bucks with me. And whatever I get for 20 bucks for the week, that was it. And a lot of times it was uh, tuna and oatmeal and probably some eggs. And if Powerade Zeros were on sale, I'd, I would stock up and get them for like 49 cents or whatever they were back then. And that would be kind of my whole week, and that's what I would eat. And again, if my 
my parents came and you know, I was younger, we would go to Costco because I had a Costco card, I didn't have a membership, I couldn't afford it. And uh, we get the bulk, you know, tuna cans and, and the bulk oatmeal at Costco, and that's what I would eat. And so, don't do that, is my point. But what I'm saying is, there's a lot of ways you guys can eat on a budget if you're diligent and you're just mindful of it. Uh, the young kid who works for me, he's 24. Uh, he's making money now. He doesn't have to do this. He shops at this place called Winco. I've never been. It sounds like a Walmart-ish type place, which again, all fine. Um, I think once you can afford to buy better quality foods, start doing it because I think it does do your body a disservice. But again, he does it you know, really well on a budget. Um, there's a lot of bulk things you can buy at places like you know, Costco and Sam's Club and make uh, at least decent choices with your food. So I will touch on that in a full podcast altogether. Next one. Sample meals while doing intermittent fasting. If you guys hear this and you requested this, shoot me a message. I'll send you um, a ton of info on that. Uh, Again, I'll share what I do on my IG story. You can watch it all the time. Next one, self-motivation. Again, the biggest thing... Why? Why are you? Why are you unmotivated? I guess is the biggest question. What is? Why? Are, and again, it happens to all of us. We get tired. We get run down. We don't want to do stuff. But the reality, you just have to have perspective. And I say this all the time, not to get super serious. It is a gift. You can move. It's a gift. You can run. You can jump. You can walk. You can skip. You can crawl. You can breathe. You can move your arms. You can move your legs. You can see. You can hear. You can do a lot of really cool shit. And guess what? A lot of fucking people can't do all that stuff. A lot of people can't walk. A lot of people will never hike a mountain again. A lot of people will never skip. They'll never be able to swim. They'll never be able to jump and to crawl and do the same stuff you're doing. They would trade places with you guys in a fucking heartbeat if they could. And you are not moving because why? You're stressed, you're tired, you're whatever. It's bullshit. And you have to tell yourself that. And I get the same way, you guys. There's days where I don't want to do stuff. I'm tired, I'm run down, I'm I'm just like you. But I, I always bring myself back to that. I'm like, you know what? One day, Jeremy, you'll be sick. You'll have food poisoning or something will happen and you'll be out of commission for a couple days. You'll have a terrible sinus infection. You won't be able to train. And you will pray on those days that you felt like you do today where you're unmotivated or you're tired. So remind yourself of when you were sick and you prayed just to feel normal, when you wished you just felt a little bit better so you could go do something, you have to bring yourself back to reality or do it for everybody who can't fucking do it. If that's a story you have to tell yourself, do it for everyone who can't run, who can't jump, who can't lift, who can't bench press, who can't squat, who can't lunge today. You don't just owe it to them, you owe it to yourself. But again, you have to think of it that way because one day it might be taken away from you and you'll wish every second that it's gone that you could just go back and do it and you wouldn't complain about it. That's how I stay self-motivated for the most part, you guys. Next one, hormones, TRT, youth, steroids. I will. I have a physician who wants to come on the podcast, you guys, and talk about uh, testosterone replacement and male hormones and everything in between. And so I will bring him on as well. And if I can get a female, I will get her to come on as well. Maybe... Uh, even Dr. Susan Wilder, I might bring her on to talk about a few more hormones and kind of dig into that in more detail. Next one, how to bulk up the right way. Really quick, um, I have a podcast for hard gainers. You guys can listen to that. Or if you're going to bulk up and you want to gain weight, what I would say is adding 500 calories extra per day to your overall daily intake and then tracking what you guys weigh um, at the end of the week. And then if it's not enough, adding a couple hundred calories per day is probably the simplest, most easiest answer. But we do have a podcast on hard gainers and how to gain weight and, and to get a little bit bigger if that is your guys' goal. Next one, cravings and weak discipline mentality. Comes back to the same thing. It just takes practice. It really does. It takes you guys, you know, winning, you know, one decision at the grocery store, one meal, one battle, and again, having a why, understanding why you're doing it. And if it's if you're doing it just for looks, you're never gonna make it. Um, most of you guys don't care enough about what you look like to really do it. And everybody says that, yeah, I really do. You don't understand. If if you really did, you'd have already fucking done it. 
If you really cared about being super ripped and super shredded and the leanest version of yourself, you would have already done it. You would have messed up about three or four times and you would have just got over it and you would have went to it. You have to have a deeper reason. It has to be rooted into something. You have to have some goal, some accountability, and probably some coaching. So if you're lacking discipline and you're cracking on your diet and you can't follow through, you need a goal, you need accountability, and you need a coach. And even with that, it's going to be still extremely hard, but you're 10 times more likely to do it if you have a goal, an accountability, and a coach. I know it sounds repetitive as hell, you guys, but it's the truth. Even for me, it'd be really hard for me to go in and do the Metcons we do on Sundays by myself. Now, once in a great while, for surely, I'll go, I, I hate myself enough on a certain day where I'll just beat the shit out of myself. I'm, you know, I, I love the punishment sometimes, but some days I'm like, man, I just don't want to hurt. I don't want to feel sick. I don't want the pain. I don't want the burning, all the things that we tell ourselves, but when I'm in a room and there's 10 other people going through the same pain, I'm way more likely to do it. And I think the same thing goes for your eating. If you have a coach guiding you, sky's the limit. Next one, nutrition, meal prep, and cooking advice. Again, we have a handful of podcasts on this. I'm going to do another one in complete detail. Next one, I'd be interested to know which supplements have worked for you. Um, message me. I'll send you guys a free supplement guide if you want it. If you're listening, say, hey, Jeremy, I just heard you mention the supplement guide. I'm, I'm happy to send it to you. Athletic Greens I take every single day. If you guys want it, I'll get you free 20 travel packs. You can try it for yourself with order one. If you hate it after that, never order it again. But again, it's the one supplement I do take every single day. I use the CBD from Beam for sleep every single night. Again, we have a discount code for that for you guys. I'm going to take creatine every single day, five grams, um, probably some BCAAs. I'm a huge fan of probiotics, biotin, vitamin D3. Um, but again, those are things that are on the side of it. Performance supplements other than caffeine is probably about it. So again, I'm happy to send you guys a free supplement guide if you want it. Next question was on intermittent fasting. I have two other podcasts on that. Feel free to listen. Keto versus high protein, low carb diet. I have a full podcast on keto as well. Next one. Can you cover supplements and performance? Yes, I already just did it. I'll send you the supplement guide as well. Next one. How to lose weight safely. Um, Honestly, you guys, in, in my opinion, there's a lot of ways to go about it. But I think if you're on track to, you know, lose weight and lose fat, losing, you know, a half a pound to a pound a week, I think is quick. If you're losing one to two pounds a week, that's extremely fast. And in, in terms of a year, you lose 52 to 104 pounds for the whole year. That is insane. That is really amazing. If you lost half a pound a week for a whole year and you said at the end of the year, I'm down 26, 27 legit pounds. That's fucking badass, dude. You should be super proud of yourself. Um, everybody wants everything quick, you know, but again, I've said this before, it's a crock pot, you guys, shit's not a microwave, you don't get to be in amazing shape super quick, not microwave style, crock pot style, you don't get to be rich as fuck overnight, crock pot style, not microwave style, anything in life that's great and worthwhile, it takes time, to be a great speaker, you have to practice, to have a podcast that people listen to, you have to practice it, and you have to know what the hell you're talking about, at least a little bit, hopefully. Um, to have a great marriage, you have to practice, you have to communicate, you have to care about each other, you have to listen to each other. There's certain things in life, you guys, that just take time, effort, and energy, and they take consistently doing that. This is the same way. Next one, how much time do you spend on mobility and soft tissue work a day? Um, depends on the day. I would say 10 to... 10 minutes on average, 10 to 20 minutes would be probably extended. On, on some days, I might go a little bit deeper into it. Um, uh, my wife is really good about getting massage. I've not been great as of late, but I've been doing a lot of my own work, so I feel good there. But I would spend at least 10 minutes a day on mobility minimum, every single day, seven days a week. Some days, 15, 20 minutes. Some days, extended 30 minutes. More so the mobility, then I do the soft tissue work kind of around that. But I would say at least 10 minutes, 10 minutes minimum every single day between 10 and 30 minutes every day I spend on mobility slash tissue work. And the next one, 
aside from CBD, which I take the, the CBD from Beam. If you guys want to try it, 20% um, off everything on the site we offer you. It's a deal I worked out with them to help all of you guys who listen to our stuff. Um, I believe in what they do. It's 100% THC free, so you will not get high from it. There's no effects other than it helps me stay asleep. I track it with the Whoop app, and I've noticed that I do not wake up as much. I'm waking up maybe six times per night when the average person probably wakes up about 30 times per night. I'm losing about 14 minutes of sleep where the average person loses about an hour of sleep. I don't know if it's only from the CBD, but since I've been taking it, I find that my sleep quality has been deeper, and I have way less disturbances, and I'm not waking up nearly as much. And so that's why I take it. But aside from the CBD, um, what are my best stress hacks? Um, that's a great one, obviously. And then what I tell myself a lot is this, you guys. Um, I've been through a lot of shit in my life, just like all of you guys. Um, I've had a lot of good runs, and I've had a lot of you know, rough, uh, harder runs for sure. And what I would say is this. Um, I don't stress about things that I can't control for the most part. Now, obviously, there's going to be things in life that uh, do stress me out and, and do cause me to, to, to worry and but I snap out of it rather quickly. And again, there's always, again, if somebody calls me today and says, hey, you know, your dad has cancer or your mom is sick or something, that's going to be different. I'm going to, you know, I don't know how I'll react to it. I'll do the best that I can to keep my shit together for everybody else around me. But that'll be a tough thing that I, that would uh, be hard for me. The family stuff would be tough because it's the people you care about, obviously. But um, for the most part, I just don't give a fuck about a lot of things. I just don't because I think most of the things that we're doing every single day and worrying about, they don't fucking matter. Um, I don't mean that to be negative, but like, I don't care. Like it just, if someone's like, Oh, Jeremy, you swear too much in the podcast. Cool. That's your opinion. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going to do what I do. It's my process. It's, it's, it's my, it's cathartic for me. It helps me. It's what I feel in my heart. That's why it comes out of my mouth. And I do think it helps more people than it harms. And so I don't care about people's opinions of me. And again, the other day when my car uh, got two flat tires in a row, that sucks. But like, I can only stress so much about it. At the end of the day, if it's not life or death, I don't see really the point of it. And there's always going to be things that that I have that will bother me more than they would you guys and vice versa. But what I would say is control what you can control and let the chips fall where they may. Because oftentimes I've found that worrying is way worse than the actual problem that comes to life. I think oftentimes we something happens, we react to it, we have this initial knee jerk, you know, and then we freak out about it. And we we do this in our brain. We visualize it and we, we, we make this... It's like a it's like a movie plays out in our head, and we take you know what what's going to happen. Oh, it's it's always negative though. It's like nineteen negative steps down the road is how our brain goes and takes. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have to pay this money. We're gonna be homeless. We're gonna miss our flight. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. Like nineteen things. Oh, I'm gonna you know it's we always do the the worst case scenario. It's like I've had ultrasounds in my kidneys before multiple times, and I go in. They do the ultrasound. And they're like they weren't they're not, they don't say anything. They just make noise. Like um okay. And they'll wait there, and maybe on one side they'll take way longer than the other, and you're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, is this when I have a tumor on or something? And then you're freaking out in your brain, like, okay, cool, uh, the doctor will call you and let you know in a couple of days. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? So then you like you leave, and you play like this worst case, and you're like, well, they really waited a long time on that right side, so maybe maybe there's something wrong there, and they're going to call me, and they're going to tell me I have to do this and this and this. And so I've done it before, too. Um, as I've gotten older, I've stopped doing that stuff. Because worrying is like a rocking chair, you guys. It gives you something to do, but you really can't go anywhere. It's why I don't self-diagnose on Google. When something happens to me, I don't go on Google and type it in because it's going to be 19 fucking horror stories, and you're always going to pick the worst-case scenario. So what I would do for you guys not to stress is just really just let stuff go and just understand that, you know, life is going to happen to us, and we can't control that, but we can only control how we react to it. And I think just doing it from a place of gratitude and understanding and knowing that, 
you know, more often than not, you're not going to get that terminal call. You're not going to get that critical call. You're not going to get that, you know, life-altering, you know, blow that's going to change the course of your entire existence. Um, and if it happens, then it happens, and you deal with it. But I think we waste so much time stressing and worrying about, like, our job and, you know, what people think and, and certain things that really don't mean shit. And I'm not telling you not to go for stuff and try for stuff and worry about your life, but, you know... Take your craft serious of what you're doing to help people, but don't take yourself serious and don't take your life so, so serious every single day. I think, you know, people, they waste time, you know, obsessing over things uh, that, that really, and I don't mean to be negative, but like if my wife dropped dead tomorrow, um, her company's still going to go on. Like they're going to feel bad for a day and they'll be like, oh, who's going to fill her spot? Who's going to, you know, own her accounts? Who's going to go to her meetings? Like, and I'm not meant to be morbid, but that's the reality. Like, if I dropped, if, if my whole, and I hate to say this, like, but if, like, my family died tomorrow, um, I think the people at Jeremy Scott Fitness generally would care. I think all the clients would care and feel really bad for me. Be like, man, I feel bad for him. That really sucks. And then selfishly, I think within a day or two, they'd be like, well, who the fuck's going to coach our stuff? And I, I don't mean that to be an asshole, but we're also wrapped up in our own shit. We just are. It's just human nature. We care about our own self-preservation and existence. And so what I'm saying to you guys is, don't worry about things you can't control. Don't stress about all the little things. Nobody cares about what kind of backsplash you have. Nobody cares what kind of car you drive. Nobody cares what your job title is. If you do, that's important. But I, I, I work with hundreds of people, you guys. Hundreds of our clients. I know it's some, some of them I know what kind of car they drive, but I don't give a shit. The rest of them, I don't care what kind of car they drive. I, do we have their addresses? Sure. Could I Google where they all live? I could. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. You know what I care about? They're a nice person. They're fun to hang around. They have a good attitude. They come in and work hard. They're they're a joy for me to be around every single day. So they make me enjoy my life. The only thing I would care about you guys is the fucking person you are. How you act, how you talk, how you speak. In public and in private. Be an amazing person. Be even better at home than you are in public would be my advice. Be way better to your wife and your kids and your friends than you are to your fucking coworkers and the people you hang out with every single day. Give the people closest to you the best version of yourself. And give everybody else the best version you possibly can. And worry about being an awesome human. Worry about helping the people around you. Worry about being happy. That's the shit I would worry about. Having as much joy and as fun as you can in your life. Don't stress about work. Don't stress about traffic. Don't stress about missing a flight. Don't stress about these things. That shit's going to happen. You just got to roll with the punches. If nothing else, tell yourself it's good content for a podcast or a YouTube video. Or it's going to be a good story. You can share with your friends and family how they lost your luggage or you lost a shoe or whatever it may be. But I wouldn't worry about things you can't control in life because I did that for a long time. Um, it gave me you know, ulcers and, and, and a multitude of other things that I really didn't need at a young age. And so... Um, I'm only speaking you guys from experience and, and fucking up and worrying myself sick for many years um, to realize that it wasn't worth it. And I would do anything to get that time back and I can't have it back. So um, from this point forward, I just, you know, I'm telling myself like, fuck it, man. Um, you know, it's not going to alter my life. And if it's, you know, if the problems you're worrying about aren't going to matter in, you know, five minutes or five months or five years, like who gives a shit? Just kind of roll with the punches and um, just have fun, man. Life is way too short to stress about stupid shit. I would just urge you to really just have, be happy and enjoy every single day because at the end of it, what are we doing if we're not having fun? If we're not having fun day to day, like Monday through Friday, like what are we even here for? What's this all about? Just to like work a job and pay some bills and like drive a car and, you know, wash, rinse, repeat, do this robotic shit every single day? No, it's meant to have fun. It's meant to, you know, do the things that you enjoy, the five or six small things, you know, drink amazing coffee, 
you know, wake up early or sleep in, whatever your, your preference is, play with your dog, have sex with your husband or wife, like, you know, drink a beer with your friends, like, you know, run, jump, skip, play, do fun activities that just literally just light you up and make you excited. Whatever your things are, do them. I won't vilify any of them as long as you guys are enjoying your life to the fullest. And when you look back on it, you're like, man, you know what? I really lived a life. I traveled, I, I read, I did all, all the things I wanted to do. I really did them uh, because the rest of it's just, it's mundane. And one day we'll all be dead and we'll all be gone. And this podcast will cease to exist because I won't be talking anymore. And hopefully it still provides value for people. But if I was worried about what everybody thought about me and uh, my life and I was super stressed about this and this, I never would have started my own business. I never would have got on video. I never would have got on a podcast. I never would have you know, started public speaking. I never would have wrote a book. Um, I just didn't care. And uh, just, just do the best you can and, and try to provide as much value you can for others and be, you know, be a light for everybody around you. And I promise you if you do that, uh, the stress and the bullshit kind of just washes away. And if you have perspective on your life and how blessed you are to even fucking be here and be breathing in this time and era when we have you know, amazing, you know, video and technology and audio stuff. It's a, it's a gift. And uh, to waste it stressing and worrying about shit that doesn't matter is just a, it's a waste of your time and it's a waste of your gift. And if you're doing that, you guys can't be the person you're truly meant to be and you can't give back to the world the gift that they're waiting for. So anyways, you guys, that's my rant on that. Sorry to get lost uh, on the topic, but I just believe in that to my core. I just meet so many amazing people who have so many gifts and they're, they're holding themselves back because they're, they're afraid what their mom or dad will think or their husband will think or they're afraid to be themselves or they're worried about 19 different things and they think that, you know, they, they have to really focus on these things and that they really just let go and just be free and live life with less stress. And, and however you can de-stress your life, you guys, whether that's working a less stressful job or, or not, you know, acquiring as much stuff or exercising, I don't know what it is for you, but I've created an ecosystem where my life has... I wouldn't say no stress because I run a, a business with people in it and different things. And so I eat, an, I eat a lot. I eat my own shit is what I'm saying. But I've created it to make a system. I've created this ecosystem to where it benefits me. And the things that stress me out play to my strengths. And I don't do things that stress me out in a way that I can't handle and I don't like. And I urge you to do the same. I know if my mortgage payment was super huge, I'd stress out and I couldn't sleep on a Monday night. I know if I had multiple car payments or, or credit card bills, it would stress me the fuck out. So I, you know, made a conscious decision to never be in debt and never buy things I couldn't afford. And I'm not judging anybody who does, but I know myself. I know that would really, it would bother me. If I'm not on a schedule, if I don't schedule my trips and vacations and my work stuff and I'm not diligent about it, um, that, that chaos is not something I enjoy. I need to have a routine. I need to have a schedule. I'm very diligent. I'm very anal about it. I'm like, it's like clockwork. My, my life is like Groundhog Day and I like it that way. So play to your strengths, you guys. Create a life where you can be successful and you can be with as little stress as possible. And if you can do that, you'll have a pretty healthy, happy, awesome, badass existence in life. So anything else you guys want to hear in the podcast or any of these episodes, please hit me up. Let me know. I'm happy to do them. I'm going to do some full episodes on injuries, um, the, the health and marriage thing, eating on a budget and all the stuff you guys requested. And we have a bunch of other fitness stuff and some guests coming to the pipe, maybe even this weekend, depending on um, who I can squeeze in here. So if you guys are on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five-star, please, and leave a comment. It truly does help me. You guys, if I've provided any value for you whatsoever, if I've answered any questions for you or even entertained you or made you think about something a little bit different, just stop right now and go on your iTunes and give me a five-star and a comment. I truly, truly do appreciate it. It means the world to me. And uh, if you guys enjoy these Instagram kind of rants and, and random answer uh, Q&A podcasts, I'll keep doing them. 
Um, but again, other specific stuff, shoot me an email. I'm happy to touch on it. And I'm bringing a, a bunch of other guests on so you guys can enjoy you know, hearing from them as well. So until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. And stop stressing about things that don't matter. I promise you it is not worth it in the long run. The key to life is being happy as fuck 24-7, 365. If you're not happy... I really don't see what the point of even being here is. So again, you guys have an amazing night and I'll talk to you guys later this week. Peace.